Welcome to WFOD. My name is Mike. I am joined by the king of pranks, the albino alligator, Mr. Travis Hulse. Hello. Travis, we have one hell of a program for the people coming out. Up after the break, we are talking to director Gato Setian. He's got a new movie out. It's called uh, Space Wars, The Quest for the Deep Star. Travis, I watched the movie. It's a fun little ride, that movie. Very excited to talk to him. Like uh, he, of all the movies we get sent to us, uh, put out one of the best that I really enjoy. We still talk about automation. He is a pleasure to talk to, and I lovely guy, to, Travis. Yeah, I'm like very excited movie, to catch, like him. Yeah, excited to catch up with him, Travis. I love music lawsuits. I don't know if you know that about me. It's one of my favorites. I did. And see, now this is a weird one because. Nobody's really suing anybody yet, but there's a whole lot of uh, implications going on. Don't know how it's going to go. Ooh, we're right on the precipice. Uh, there is a guy who used artificial intelligence to make a song uh, using Drake and The Weeknd. He trained <laughs> AI to make a Drake and The Weeknd song. He wrote it. it like AI didn't write it. He wrote a song that has Drake rapping in it and AI the weekend singing in it. And like, it, I don't, it's not, I have clips of it. I, the Drake is dead on. This is, is it. This is Drake. She knows she need a need a she bless. Giving my best. It's pretty good. Travis. That's AI. Yeah. That's amazing. Now, the, the AI The weekend I don't think is perfect, but I'll play you that so you can hear it. So it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Travis. It's, even if that weekend isn't perfect. Yeah. Maybe he's just expanding his horizons, getting a little higher voice like that's both are. So it's a bit amazing. of a sticky wicket there, Travis, because I mean, right. like Drake and The Weeknd both make Warner Music Group a shitload of money. Of course. And so Warner Music Group obviously doesn't want some Yahoo to just make songs with their voices. But is he monetizing it? This is the deal with AI is like it's I would think as of right now, AI is probably comes under the umbrella of parody laws. Right. Like because it's maybe, not. You're yeah, not, maybe it is. It you're a not parody? stealing their music. They didn't write the music. You're not like re putting out the music and singing it yourself. You're just using a computer to mimic the sound of Drake and the weekend for a song that you wrote. Warner Music Group put out a statement and. Typically, I guess if, if they put out a statement and we're talking about it, I'd like read you the statement. Yeah. But I, I'm not going to do that anymore because now I just have AI myself to read the statements for me. So oh, yeah, of course. I have I have a AI Stacy Keach that I could just press a button and he'll read it and then I don't have to. I think that benefits us uh, greatly. The training of generative AI using our artist's music, which represents both a breach of our agreements and a violation of copyright law as well as the availability of infringing content created with generative AI on DSPs begs the question as to which side of history all stakeholders in the music ecosystem want to be on. The side of artists, fans, and human creative expression, or on the side of deep fakes, fraud, and denying artists their due compensation. 
So what are you, you're compensating. They didn't write it, right? Yeah, they didn't write anything. They didn't go in the studio and sing it. So, like, I guess, though, in the same vein, if you created AI Robert Downey Jr. and put him in your movie, <laughs> is that a problem? Probably because you're using his face, right? Take it back, though. Say TV and movies didn't exist and we were still in the time of radio. Somehow we couldn't figure out how to make TV but we could figure out how to replicate people's voices. So what people do at night is gather around the old radiola and turn on the fucking adventures of Superman, right? Like, so the adventures of Superman are on. Yeah. Well, George Reese is dead. Yeah. And we're going to decide to continue to make Superman shows with George Reeves voice. Is that a problem? That's probably a problem. Probably, but I, I don't know currently if it is or if they're going to have to make up something i think they'll have to make up something i don't i mean obviously this is such a new technology that's in the the speed at which this shit is getting like (laughs) so good is so fast so i kind of take heed of like elon musk and all those other guys being like yo guys let's take a break for a minute (laughs) it's 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 weird travis because then, then like you know you could probably make the case like could george bush have sued dana carvey you know, because isn't that essentially it's a it's well, a no, that's computer parody. doing an impression, right? I, I mean, it's not really Drake. It's just a really, really good impression. Yeah, but I mean, I think the implication here is that it is Drake, right? Like you put it out and people don't know, you're going to think it's Drake. But if you see Dana Carvey and hear Dana Carvey, yeah. you're going to know it's not George Bush. Pop star Grimes weighed in on it. And she said that you could use her voice for whatever you want. Is Grimes really a pot? Did anybody know who Grimes was before she married and sired a child? Not sired a child, like like had a child with Elon Musk. Did people know who she was? I don't know, but she said that like you can use her voice for whatever you want. Just give her half the money. What if there is no money? Well, in our case, Travis, there is no money. So we can split that with her, I guess, right? Yeah, we'll give her nothing. Okay, yeah. Here you go, Grimes. Nothing. with this um, dog named Ginger. She was actually a pug, but like we had a really, really intense bond. I'm actually going to get her name tattooed on me soon, but um, she died of like like, <laughs> like an anal infection. <laughs> it was really like sad. She was like shitting everywhere and like convulsing. Um, I don't think that's a hit, Travis, but if it, if it bops, then we'll, we'll give uh, Grimes half the money. Also, I mean, why was she laughing telling that story? What a fucking weirdo. Oh, yeah, she died miserably shitting or fucking everything was awful. <laughs> Travis, I guess on the same vein, there's a, a guy I saw on the Internet this week that uh, I, I, I don't know if he's guilty of a crime, but I do think we need to put him in jail. I, ha- I have a clip of him uh, that I want to play for you. We came with this idea that we can use and re-engineer birds and dead birds and make them as a drone. And the only thing that we need to provide them to make them alive is to basically design an actuation mechanism, put it in their body, and everything is there. So, Travis, this guy is, uh, he's taking dead birds and he's uh, fitting them with like a drone so he can fly dead birds around and pretend like they're real birds. Isn't this like the precursor to creating RoboCop? 
this just seems like a slippery slope. Yeah. Before they're like, oh yeah, we'll just use these this dead tissue. Yeah, no, Trevor, create- we, we need to put that guy in jail. Yeah, he yeah, somebody should do something about that. Like, <laughs> what is he gonna do next? He's gonna grab possums off the side of the road and get those fucking things walking around with a bunch of servos and shit in there. Like, come on, I don't want robot possums roaming around my neighborhood. Yeah, they all weirdo. have cameras in them, uh, like they'll watch us. Yeah, like, oh, there's a possum outside, but the whole time it's like filming through my window. Like, don't get this fucking guy. Send him back to wherever he came from. Yeah, I don't like him at all, Travis. And um, I don't mean that racistly. I mean, if he came from Pasadena, send him back to Pasadena. I just don't want to hear from him anymore. <laughs> yesterday, I don't know if you know this, but uh, there, there was a lot of parents that left their uh daughter's home from school because uh there was a tiktok trend going around it was a uh, national rape day yesterday what did you know no oh, it's national i have a clip of this too Travis. a warning tonight for tiktok users after a group of men on the app declared april 24th a national holiday for carrying out rape and sexual assault it's not mm. clear how the trend began but six men on the platform prompted the phrase national rape day against women which went viral on other platforms now travis from what i can tell the only reason it trended is people saying, you better not. You know what I'm talking about? Well, of course. Yeah, that's what it all was. It's like in, international, in, international Rape Day didn't catch on because people were like, <laughs> oh, yeah, guys, let's let's do it. I know I'm taking off work tomorrow, dude. Come on. Uh, don't pick up these stories. You don't, you don't go up. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, officer. Apparently you didn't hear. TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know TikTok declared this international day of rape? Yeah, no, it, it's so it's it's all people that just take it and they say, "Hey, you better not rape my sister or else," you know, stuff like that. <laughs> and that's all it is. Why it, why is there only 60% uh attendance today in school? Oh, didn't you hear all the girls stayed home because it's in- international rape day? Yeah, I got to stay it, home. The so, fuck out of here. <laughs> People are so goddamn dumb. Some one one dipshit on a social media platform says something, and then all these stupid ass media outlets pick it up and run with it and make it trend, and then people are terrified. Right. What a dumb populace yeah, we are. We just uh we just toss that fresh meat out there, Travis, for the clicks. Yummy yummy clicks. Oh, get those clicks. Look Who cares at, about real journalism? Look at click, like click, the click. Daily Post lately travis it's like ladies in bikinis and they're like this lady said blah it's like (laughs) who cares what that lady said it's like the lowest fucking common denominator did she say it in that bikini is that what she said it all these media outlets are like laying off so many people and they're just like going back to like listicles and shit and like (laughs) you know freaking clickbait headline there's like no news anymore and people are like so they got nowhere to go so they're just reading this bullshit, but headlines only, of course. Yeah. And it's like, that's just what well, that, like that's, people That's know. part of the problem, Travis. You, you can only read the headlines because if you click on it, they want you to no pay content. eight bucks. Yeah. Or there's no content actually in there. Yeah. You pay the eight bucks and they're like, yes, one one single guy in shit fuck Ohio <laughs> said it's International Rape Day on TikTok. It's got three views on TikTok. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like, give me a break. Dipshits, bunch of fucking dumbs. Travis, there, there's a guy that 
I'm friends with on Twitter, and I think that we picked this guy up as like a, a acquaintance of ours from our buddies at the Red Show. He's a, a, a mutual acquaintance with them, and he had a tweet the other day that I've thought a lot about. So the, the, the guy's name is James J. from Long Island. Be sure to follow James J. from Long Island. He's, he's got a lot of really good ideas. He has like a good idea, I think, but it's also pretty awful and shitty. And I, I, I have AI Keith David to read his tweet to you. Let's hear uh, it. And, and, and I, I don't really know, like, I think it might work. Maybe you can tell me how it won't work, but I think it might. Buy fake money on Amazon and give it to the homeless. They'll thank you for it, but then get arrested when they use it, thus reducing the homeless population on the streets. I mean, if you're looking at means to an end to get people like food and shelter. No, it's 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 cruel. It's not a bad idea. It's probably a shitty way to go about things. These homeless people are getting jerked out of their freaking tent cities anyway they're like shutting them down and kicking them out and being like uh, we don't care where you go but you can't stay here travis so could, least- we, could we tri- trick like the thieves into stealing our fake money like can we just be designated fake money holders that walk around and try to get pickpocketed or something and then when like they mugged? use the fake money we can get them too you'd have to have a lot of uh a lot of bait people out there right you just have to like bait be like people a, with fake money It'd be like a job that they walk around in seedy parts of the neighborhood with wallets full of fake money that looks pretty real. And then when they go to use it, you know, and that's the thing. I think this is actually a really good idea now that I think about it, because where's that fake money going to go? It's probably going to go to a drug dealer who's not going to know right oh, away. And that then we could get them, too. We're, we're, we're starting with the little guy on the totem pole. We're moving all the way up to the supplier, baby. That fake money is going all the way up to the supplier. And once that supplier starts to spend that money, bam, cops got him. If Jack in the Box brings in a fake 20, you say, okay, Jack in the Box, obviously you got hosed here. You didn't check it. We got got you. Right. But then, like, you, you maybe watch some security cameras. You see who this guy that paid with the fake 20 is. Right. You find him. No. And then that guy leads you to uh, Danger Eyes or D- Danger Mouth or whatever his fucking boss man is called. And he's going to rat him out. The guy that's making because... all these fake Drake songs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Danger Mouth is actually a pretty good shitty hip hop producer name. <laughs> Danger Mouth. D- D- Danger, Danger Mouth, Mouth on, on the beat. beat. Oh, man. Featuring Danger Mouth. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I <laughs> <clears throat> think that we're on to something here, Trevor. Well, James J. from Long Island, he's on to something here. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're not trying to co-opt his, you know, co-opt his jam here. But uh, yeah, I think it's uh, I think Keith David said it best. Let's get these homeless off the street. Keith David didn't say that, Travis. Don't put that on me. I don't want to get in trouble with Keith David. Oh, you're going to get in trouble with Keith David, baby, if he ever listens to this or any of his people listen to any episode from the past 10 years. I think that you said it's fine. It's it's parody. It's parody law. Yeah, no, we're so, fine. For now. For now. Terrence, we're probably going to go to jail. Uh, Not if not if they can't find me. I dare you. I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, Gatto Sedian's coming up after the break. 
The year is 2980, and we now know that death is not the end. A soul can be extracted from the recently deceased and be used to create a blue liquid called essence. It can bring a person back to life. We'll get her back. I hope so. It's an expensive process used by the rich and powerful. The rest, they do what they can to survive. Stay right there. You told me you're hiding from some dangerous people. Let's knock on the door. I spent the last year searching for the deep star. A bounty so big that the entire galaxy could be yours. People have been looking for the Deep Star for years. It can't be found. It's because they can't find the distress beacon. I know where it is. If we find the Deep Star, we can get enough credits to bring Mom back. Blast off. Guys, we have company. You can run, but you cannot hide. Prepare for impact. Fod goes hard. this week's horse report he saw super mario brothers and says that it does not have a horse in it thanks rob and now a dramatization of mike's surprisingly profound conversation with discord's ai chatbot clyde did stephen king pay for twitter i apologize mike but i wasn't able to find any reliable sources indicating that stephen king paid for twitter I'm not sure what you're referring to. People are accusing him and Jason Alexander of paying for Twitter. I see, Mike. I wasn't aware of those accusations. But it's important to remember that rumors and speculation are not always based on facts. While it's certainly possible that someone could pay for Twitter followers or engagement, it would be unethical and against Twitter's terms of service. I'd pay for it if I was sure nobody would find out. While I understand the temptation to try and gain an advantage on social media, it's important to remember that buying followers or engagement is against the rules of most platforms and can harm your credibility in the long run. It's better to focus on building a genuine audience by creating quality content and engaging with other users in a meaningful way. I think my content is pretty good. That's great, Mike. It's important to be confident in your content and to continue working to improve it over time. Consistency and authenticity are key to building a loyal audience on social media. Authenticity I struggle with, because how do you know if you're authentic? Authenticity can be a tricky thing to define. Essentially, it means being genuine and true to yourself and your values, rather than putting on a false persona or trying to please others at the expense of your own beliefs or interests. 
One way to cultivate authenticity on social media is to be honest and transparent with your audience, sharing your thoughts, experiences, and perspectives in a way that feels genuine and sincere. It's important to remember, however, that there's no one-size-fits-all approach to authenticity, and it's always evolving and changing over time. How can being authentic change? Aren't you just who you are? While everyone has a core sense of self, our authentic expression of that self can change over time as we grow, learn, and have new experiences. For example, someone's authentic self as a teenager might be different from their authentic self as an adult as they gain new insights and develop new interests and values. Additionally, our expression of authenticity can be influenced by external factors such as social pressure, cultural norms, and technological changes. The key is to stay true to yourself and your values while also being open to growth and change. Isn't an expression influenced by social pressures inauthentic? It's certainly possible for social pressure to push someone towards an inauthentic expression of themselves. However, it's also important to remember that we are social creatures and that our identities and behaviors are shaped by our interactions with others. Authenticity doesn't necessarily mean rejecting social norms or being completely independent of others' influence, but rather finding a balance between being true to yourself and being responsive to the needs and values of your community. It's a complex and ongoing process that can involve a lot of self-reflection and introspection. I guess that makes sense. You don't want to close yourself off and consider yourself a finished product. That's no way to live. Exactly, Mike. Authenticity isn't about achieving a fixed state of being, but rather an ongoing process of growth and self-discovery. It's important to stay open to new experiences and perspectives, and to be willing to learn and evolve over time. This has been a dramatization of Mike's surprisingly profound conversation with Discord's AI chatbot, Clyde. Now, back to the program. Once again... WFOD Wheelbarrow full of dicks Welcome back. Our guest tonight is the director of a new film called Space Wars, The Quest for the Deep Star. It's in theaters now and on digital May 2nd. Uh, Gato Setian is on the program. How are you guys? It's great to be back. It's great to have you back. Yeah, nice to talk to you again. I mean, last time it was before the pandemic. Yeah, it was. Holy shit, was it? Yeah. When, oh, when, when it was what, like, was I think that? it was like December or two. 2019 or was it like March 2019? Does it seem like time just isn't really a thing anymore? Like the days just kind of bleed together and like 
before you know it, a year has passed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I feel like like absolutely there um, there used to be like years, but there isn't really anymore. It's just like one long day with it's like a li- just just linear time cycle, right? Like yeah. I, I think it's more when you reflect on it, it feels that way. But when you're in the moment, it does. It can still take a long time. I mean, um, you know, I, I, this new movie I spent in post and every day that's what i was just working on just you know every day wake up i'm working on this thing you know what i mean it's uh so yeah the time you know goes by no did you guys film during the pandemic then we did we uh we were my wife and i were just getting very bored and we really wanted to do something else so uh you know we it was funny the way it timed out we shot at that point when it seemed like the pandemic was over. There was oh. that brief window. Oh, was that like October just, of 2020? Yes, it was. That, yep, exactly. Uh, and it was um, 2021. It was it 2021? Uh, 2021. Sure. It was like right when the, it like just before Omicron hit. And uh, so, yeah, it was an interesting time. And so did you have this written and... Or, or did you throw something together real quick? What happened? It was kind of a, a process. I mean, this one, you know, I, as you know, I edit movie trailers. I think yeah. we talked a bit about that last time. And like, um, so what, what happens is I was working on a trailer uh, for this producer, Jeff Miller, who's a wonderful producer. And he had this movie called The Gardener with uh, Robert Bronzy. And, oh, yeah. Uh, is the, that the, the Charles Bronson look? That's like. the guy that looks like Charles yeah. Bronson? Yep. That's All him. right. so uh i yeah i mean it was it was it was fun i I think i came up with the line for the trailer uh prepare to be mowed so uh by the gardener (laughs) um (laughs) but uh anyway you know he actually read the script to automation uh a while ago and he saw the movie uh you know he didn't work on the movie but he saw the movie and he really liked it and he said boy he wanted to do a science fiction movie with me so i had um, a script i actually wrote before automation that i showed him but it was just a bit too ambitious and big for what you know, he w- he was envisioning so he's like could you do something with like some monsters in it and things like that and i'm like okay let me think about it and i started to kind of imagine sort of like a ray harryhausen movie except sure. in space you know um and uh and then it, it then it kind of began with sarah french because she you know was really easy to work with we really liked her on automation my wife really liked working with her too i met with her and proposed making her an action hero because i had seen her doing these like crazy workouts and flipping tires and carrying all this like big stuff around she was just doing these military style workouts and uh and she was totally into the idea and her boyfriend, Joe's a really good and fast writer. So I got together with him and I had sort of a rough treatment of something. And he helped me develop that idea into something that Jeff liked. And once Jeff approved it, uh, we were off and running. Jeff wrote the screenplay. We already knew who most of the actors were going to be in our because Jeff had a relationship with Michael Pere. We knew Sarah was going to be in it. We knew Anahit was going to be in it. Uh, we knew Tyler Gallant was going to be in it. And it just sort of all came together. Got a, uh, talk, Travis also about? has a, a relationship with Michael Pere. Yeah, the fact that we uh, oh. can't ever get him on the show is that uh, well, is that you what you're you about? dressed up as Eddie from Eddie and the Cruisers to try to uh, impress your girlfriend. 
my, no, it wasn't my girlfriend. It was my childhood crush, Christy Palmer. I was I did uh, Eddie Wilson for my my birthday's in October, so it was a it was my twelfth. It was my golden birthday, and it was a costume party, and I dressed up like uh, Eddie Wilson from uh, Eddie and the Cruisers. That's she was awesome. She wasn't impressed. Uh, I don't think. She, we never dated. No, no. I've been trying to track her down for years, even in the age of social media. You know, we were 12 years old and I'm a 42 year old man, but always tried to track her down just to see what became of Christy Palmer. And uh, even in the age of social media, I could never can never find her. And uh, we've been talking about her for a long time on this podcast and nobody's ever reached out and said, no. I know Christy Palmer. That's that's interesting that the movie uh, that movie had such an impact on you at that age, because, you know, you know, you're a bit younger than me. And I remember like that movie came out when I was a teenager. So, you know, you must have been considerably younger when that film first came out. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I I had discovered it, you know, as a VHS kid. I don't know even know how I found it or how I came across it, but. I believe I was like 11, probably 11 or 12. Uh, and I saw that first movie and became obsessed with it. Like the soundtrack was amazing. Like I loved that movie so much. Like I wrote like Eddie and the cruiser fan fiction, like, cause I was a big writer at the time. So I like wrote wow. my little side stories and shit. And uh, yeah, so the soundtrack was great. And uh, then, you know, the sequel came out, I think in 89. 90 yep, it was around yeah, 80, so, or 89 yeah so i yeah. discovered that i didn't even know there was a sequel because unless you saw the box in a video store you were like what so uh found the the sequel and 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 really enjoyed that so i was like obsessed with yep. eddie and the cruisers one and two for like a good solid year and a half when i was a child i do remember i really liked the ending to the first one that had a had a really like kind of cool ending yeah, and, the, uh, and the, the first and yeah. the song and, and that song, the dark side. I remember, remember the TV show Tales from the Dark Side. I remember they cut a promo at one point and it was using that song <laughs> with imagery from Tales from the Dark Side, which I thought was brilliant. That is brilliant. <laughs> so. the Tales from the Dark Side will still the intro for that terrified me when I was a kid, and I still watch it if I watch it at the right time late at night. It's still just so goddamn creepy. When they, when, you know, everything turns like that inverted color and everything. I wanted to ask Gatto about this, this essence thing, because like, so you die and they like scoop you up in a, like a glowing vial. Yeah. Then like they can, they can upload you into a robot or something. Maybe we should give the baseline of the motion picture first and maybe even. Yeah. Like Michael Paré has his wife in like a, like a vial. That he could like stick her in a robot, but he can't find a robot to put her in, or he can't afford it, and so like he's well, carrying yeah, it around like in, in her in pocket the, future, the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Like in the future, you you know, the really wealthy don't die. I mean, there's an expensive process where you can extract a person's essence or soul, and and then you put them in a new body which is a combination of like donor tissue and cybernetics and and flesh and all of that. And it's like an exact replica of the person, you know, that you used to be, you know what I mean? And it's, it's still you, it's your spirit. It's, it's your essence, but it's just a new body. So do you you Um, have to take the body to like a lab? Well, like whatever was left of the person, you can extract it from that person and then, you know, create a new body, you know? Okay. well, like if you ever saw that movie, the um, there was an Arnold Schwarzenegger clone movie, The Seventh Day or something, and they make clones. Oh, yeah. And then they just take the uh, 
they program the memories back into the clone body. So the clone wakes up and they don't, they just think they're the same person going on. I mean, in this case, it is the same person though. It's not just memories. It's, it's their essence. It is them in a new body. So do they know they died? I guess you explain it to them. You say, Hey, you died and we put you in a robot. No, but it's expensive. So not everyone gets to do it. And in this movie, you know, Kip, Kip and his daughter are traveling around, and they have the mom's essence. There was an accident a while ago, and the mom died, but they were able, you know, he spent every, his character had spent everything he had to uh, extract her essence, but he didn't have enough to complete the process and put the body, you know, put it in a new body yet. So they're trying to, like, rate, get enough money to do that. And uh, and that whole idea was, uh, was Joe Netter, the writer. I mean, you know, ultimately, when Joe and I sat down and started working, had sort of the general idea of like, you know, uh, uh, adventurers team going on this crazy adventure. And I had uh, specific action set pieces I wanted to do. So, you know, the, the essence is just sort of part of that, you know, when you build the story around these kind of thing, you know, what's their goal? You know, you need to have a very um, heartfelt goal for your main characters, them and, you know, empathize with them and want to see them succeed and that's that's what uh joe came up with which I thought you was know great. That, that's one of the things that i wanted to compliment you on it and it might seem like not really a compliment and it might seem <laughs> even like kind of condescending but it's not your your movies which i've seen two of them now got to yep. they they make sense you know like the yeah. the character's like there's a beginning, a middle end, the, the characters like you, you know what they're trying to do and why. And like, that's so rare. And it seems yes. like I'm not complimenting you, but I really, really am. <laughs> I, I actually really appreciate that compliment. And thank you, because, you know, that's what I want to do. I believe in telling stories. That's what this is. This right. Is, that's what filmmaking is. And. You know, it is amazing how many times you'll watch a movie, especially a small independent film, you know, occasionally. And yeah. it's just like it, it doesn't even make rudimentary sense. I, I mean, know? like, I, I know that it's low budget. I can get past that. That's yep. fine. But just tell me a story that makes sense. Yeah. I believe our story would hold up as a major motion picture. Right. Screenplay. You know, our biggest obstacle as a film is our budget. We don't have, you know. Uh, we don't have $50 million. We don't have $10 million, you know, but we had to at least tell the story and make it fun and fast moving and exciting and give you the kind of thrills of a summer movie, even though it's in this smaller package. I mean, the best sort of examples I would give of what kind of movie we made are those films made after star Wars that were lower budget, like battle beyond the stars or oh, star crash. Yep. Those kind of well, movies. star crash had David Hasselhoff, didn't it? It That's did. Hard. And yeah, it had, uh, it had robots and it had monsters and, you know, had Joe Spinell as the Hell yeah. uh, dark lord of the, of the galaxy and Christopher Plummer as the emperor of the universe. But I, I think that a lot of low budget filmmakers are, are like trying to prove that they can run their cameras good and they don't pay attention <laughs> to making a story that makes sense. And I well, think that that's probably... rarer and should be pointed out more that's, so than pointing your camera. That's good. probably a lot of the editor in you, right? Like, you know what you need to create a narrative. Like, there's a lot of people who think they can make a motion picture 
And then they think they're getting everything. And when they sit down in the edit room, they're like, oh, we didn't get this, this or this. So we don't even know the character's motivation. But that probably is a lot to do with your editing background, right? Like, you know exactly what you need to form a cohesive story. You, you guys are great interviewers, you know, <laughs> No, but no, really. I mean, that's that's absolutely 100 percent true. I mean, I've been an editor, you know, most of my life. And, uh, you know, it, it's I know what I need to tell a story and make it make sense. Sometimes I'll have a movie I'm, I'm supposed to do a trailer for and the movie might not even make that much sense. So I'll find a way to find the most coherent way to kind of get across what that story is supposed to be when i was editing i mean i spend a lot of time on the editing and it's not just about people spitting dialogue out left and right to each other i mean there's moments where people are talking to each other and you sometimes you'll want to cut to their eyes like in those moments where there's a moment of silence or a reaction you know all of that all of that is part of the storytelling being certain you have everything you need it's so important i mean and and i'm proud of the fact that automation there was very little cut out. I mean, you know, there were probably like five or six minutes of each movie that I did not, you know, end up using, but we were very efficient. I mean, we shot uh, nine days on our stages and then uh, two days interiors and uh, and then one day of pickups. And that was it. That's an expedient filming. <laughs> <laughs> so not to get too inside baseball, because I want people to watch the movie, but was the monster in the cave a Muppet or was that... A computer. It was it was CG. Oh, I see. I thought the one in the cave was a Muppet. Yeah, no, it was it was it was CG. I mean, there was a lot of discussion between me and the effects guys about what these monsters are going to look like and move like and all that. And a lot of my direction involved making sure things had weight and scale. Like I remember like the scene where the creature is like pushing its way through the cave, I would describe stuff like uh, the dragon and dragon slayer, like climbing through the cave, you know, squeezing its way through and everything. Yeah. Because, you know, and it's that sort of stuff that ever, there had to be like rubble kicking up around it and, and all that stuff. And, uh, but yeah. And, uh, you know, I'd reference Harry and stuff all the time. I mean, I didn't want my monsters to be all slicky and, you know, slippery and fast moving and just sliding away the moment you look at them. I mean, I wanted them to kind of make their appearance known and slowly lumber out sure. into the light and be, you know, <laughs> well, guys, guys, the movie, it's called space wars, the quest for the deep star. Are we, are we thinking about making more space wars? Gatto? I absolutely am. Um, I have another sci-fi movie I, I'm interested in doing, but the thing is we all love doing this project so much. Yeah. And Perret and Sarah and Anahi, you know, I think we have a great little team there. And uh, if, if we're blessed enough that this film does well and performs well, uh, we've got plans to do more. I mean, uh, and I'm thinking of using the sort of efficiency technique of filmmaking that we used on this uh, and taking it a step further and like basically do two movies at the same time, sort of block shoot them uh, because of, you know, the, the biggest issue is with this kind of movie is you got to build all those sets. Yeah. Like resetting. Take exactly. them down and they're gone. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Because so what are you going to do? You, know, you can't put them in storage, Travis. No. Well, you do. Where you you do put them? put them in storage <laughs> if you think you're going to make another one. But yeah, to tear them down and rebuild yeah. them, that's probably a lot of the budget, a lot of the time. And uh, yep. yeah, I hope I, you're able to do that. Up. That'd be great. 
that and the CG were the biggest expenses. And, you know, I have all the pieces, you know, I have the chairs and the light panels and, you know, some props and all that stuff. But I think on the next one, you know, we'd probably go a little bigger with the sets and all that and just maximize efficiency. Let's get two movies out of it, not just one, you know, I mean, like double our shooting days, but get full movies out of it, you know, that, that look so, I mean, if you could crank it out in nine days, Gato, you might as well just work two weeks. Why not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. Hopefully he gets a little more time this time. Crank them out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, A little time and a little more money on the next one. But I, I'm, I'm really happy with what we were able to accomplish. I mean, you know, you see some comments saying this looks like a sci-fi channel movie. And, you know, that's okay that took you to like five different planets and gave you like eight or nine monsters and things for the characters to interact with. I mean, I can't recall anything like that. No, Usually it, it's sort of like one big or it takes place on earth or it's a shark or something. You know? Yeah. I mean, and, and regardless, like maybe it looks like that, but are you engaged in the story? Were you entertained by, you know, like that's yeah. who cares what it looks yeah, like if you're fun. entertained and engaged. Got man. It's, it's fun talking to you. I, I hope we could do this again more sooner than later uh whether you yeah, got we, a movie we, coming out or not we, we, we really wish you nothing it. but success like we 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 talk about automation fairly often like we bring it up once in a while and we actually just had joe bob briggs on the show and we pitched him to watch that automation show as like i said we we get sent a lot of movies and uh, most of them are not worth the time but uh automation was a happy surprise and uh we loved having you on to talk to you about it I, I so appreciate it. And again, you know, your reaction is exactly the kind of reaction I'm hoping for in the sense that, you know, these are movies aimed at that audience who rents every horror movie or sci-fi movie just because they want to see something new. And, you know, I, when I made automation, my goal, you know, I never thought, oh, this is going to win an Oscar. I just wanted it to be that little movie that you rent once in a while. I was like, hey, that one was pretty good. You know what I mean? It was perfect. <laughs> You know, it was very emotional for me as a story, just like this one was. All of that stuff, it all came to heart, genuine. Um, but it's like, you know, I, I recognize what kind of movies these are. And these are those good ones that you rent once in a while. You know what I mean? It's like, right. hey, you know, and then they, that's actually pretty good, you know? <laughs> yeah. It seems like those are few and far between anymore. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and also stick into kind of what I love. I mean, I love science fiction and this is, I am so happy making these kind of movies. Uh, my wife and I, while we were on the set, I just said to my wife, I said, Hey, honey, we're living the dream, you know, <laughs> like, we're living the dream right now. It's not later. It's not some distant future. We're doing it right now. <laughs> oh yeah you're right <laughs> so it's been it's been a delight and i i really appreciate you guys and yeah I, look if you ever want me to just come on and talk other stuff i'd love to uh, yeah we'd fun. love to have you man because it's always fun talking to you thank you so much and i'm apologize for being late that, <laughs> no uh, problem man. You know, no worries no and people can find you online again uh at uh, on instagram on twitter anything like that Instagram and Facebook is the primary place you'd find me. I'm probably more on Facebook than uh, Instagram just because I know how to use it better. But uh. <laughs> And, and sure. guys, the movie, it's in theaters now, and uh, it's going to be on digital May 2nd. So be sure to check it out. Uh, rent uh, Space Wars. A uh, lot going on. There's monsters and stuff. Good time. And it makes sense. Space for the deep. <laughs> 
Thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I like him a lot. I like, like him a he's, lot. He's a good guy. I, he really is. Like, I think it's super easy to talk to him. I think we could talk to him forever. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I would have, except that audio was yeah, real audio choppy. Was rough. <laughs> real <laughs> choppy. <laughs> but no, that movie, it's fun, Travis. Uh, I'll watch it. I'll totally watch it. Shooting a movie <laughs> completely in nine days is crazy. Right. Yeah, and that's the whole editor sensibility. He just has an like, eye for it. He could look at yep. it and say, like, yeah, no, that's that's right. This is what we need. This is what we need. And then only having one day for pickups because you like, oh, we're like, oh, shit, we didn't get this. Like, uh, we got to film all these different little random pickup scenes. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah, that's. No, I like I like him a lot, Travis. And I'll, I'll tell you, like, they, they send us these movies. And I, I won't tell you the movie, but if, if, you, if you know, you probably know. There was an actor that we wanted to talk to couple months ago watched the movie travis and i'll tell you the movie was not very good and <laughs> really the whole premise of the movie is i think that the guy wanted to film a scene where somebody eats a baby and so like they had an hour and 15 minutes of nonsense probably didn't even write anything probably just told the actors go out there and fuck around because eventually you're gonna eat a baby yeah, this there's it doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter. That you do. But I do want to film a 10-minute scene at the end of this movie where a lady eats a baby. Improv yourself fucking around. Uh <laughs> I don't know, pretend pretend like you're being chased, but maybe you're not. I don't know. Who cares? And I don't want to badmouth the movie, Travis, because it was you know, I, I like talking to the guy. The guy's awesome. Uh, that movie stunk, Travis. Yeah. Well, and that's the problem, is we get sent a lot of movies and uh most of the time you watch them and you're like, we're, we can't talk about the movie itself. Yeah. We have to talk about other things right. <laughs> and then mention the movie at the end. Travis, I have uh, a great pick of the week. You do. Yeah, I do. Uh, there is a Peacock show with uh, Betty Gilpin from uh, 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 Glow. It is this Mrs. Davis? Mrs. Davis, Travis, she plays a nun. She's like a nun... On the run. She's out there doing action stuff. It's a fucking wild show, Travis. She's trying to kick some AI's ass, isn't she? Yeah, like there's an AI that's kind of taken over the world. And like it keeps trying to talk to her. And she's like, I don't want to talk to him. I ain't talking to this AI. And well, craziness ensues, Travis. How many episodes of that baby are out right there's now? There's three out now. I watched one. And the first the promos, episode, Travis, was great. The promos for that were intriguing, and they actually put them in the motion picture house before actual movie trailers, like huh. in the commercial batch. And like all of those just seemed like very intriguing. And then they finally put out a trailer for the show. It's like, oh, I see. Now I get it. And I, yeah, I'm on board. Well, I'm gonna I like her. I like the premise of this show. I'm on board. I like her a lot. Like she was great in that, uh, that weird. The social hunt? class was that, yeah the hunt was that the, the name hunt? Of that movie yeah that movie is fun as shit yeah it's a fun movie yeah and she's awesome in it so I, I will totally watch this i'll probably wait until all the episode episodes are available um because that's how i roll travis pick of the week travis pick of the week this week speaking of all of the episodes being available and waiting months and months to watch them uh chucky season two uh, Chucky season two, uh, takes everything you loved about the first season and about child's play and expands upon it. If you're familiar with child's play lore. They bring in a lot of 
different characters from the uh, post uh, ch- uh, solo Chucky movies with the uh, uh, seed of Chucky. Uh, there's a lot of crazy shit they do with Chucky and Tiffany and all of the characters. It's a lot of fun. I have two episodes left and I am loving it. Eight episodes, Chucky season two. Guys, we did it. Uh, I, I think uh, Drunk's back next week, Travis. Is he? Uh, I think so. I think Drunk's back next week, and you're not. I'll be gone. So we'll, we'll see how that goes, guys. Uh, stick around. Uh, guys, go see Gatto's movie. I think it, it's it's limited. It's not in a ton of theaters, but uh, I'm sure there's somewhere you can go to see it. Yeah, if it's there, if, if, if your theater shows uh, indie movies, go check it out. It's May not, 2nd on digital, guys. It's like check next, it on demand. Next week. So Yeah. Okay, bye. for listening to this installment of WFOD. Our operation is 100% independent, so your support is appreciated. We don't advertise, so we rely on word of mouth. Please take a moment to tell a friend, share a link, leave a review, or any of the other things podcasts ask you to do. Music featured in this episode is by Carl Casey at White Bat Audio. Check him out at whitebataudio.com. You can contact us with comments or questions by phone at 636 636- 487 hand or by email at mike at wfodix.com travis at wfodix.com or drunk at wfodix.com special thanks as always to our patreon sponsors jim chadman brian kranz liquid lozenge valerie carpenter jay adson and rabbit poundings if you want early access to episodes you can support the show at patreon.com slash wfodix our entire catalog can be found at WFODshow.com, or you can find our feed of the latest episodes on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, iHeart, or wherever else fine podcasts are found. Check us out on social media, WFOD Show on Twitter and Instagram, WFODix on Facebook and YouTube. We will return next week, but really, we're never gone. Take care.
have a sneaking suspicion you'll probably have to chop yeah. some of our us and him. Yeah. <laughs> he did say we're good interviewers, though. That was nice. That was very nice. Like when we were starting to talk to him about the filmmaking process and about whatever, and he's like, and he like stopped and he like, he sounded like he like took a breath and was like, you guys are really good. <laughs> That's always nice to hear. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you obviously got to leave that in. Oh yeah. No, I'll, I'll amplify that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll put that up, in twice. Turn it up real loud. <laughs> Did you hear? <laughs> Just stop the podcast. I'd be like, you you come in with no sound behind you and be like, you did you hear this? Right? And then yeah. play it again. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll make that into a song with this. Uh, You're you a really good really interviewer. Good interviewers. Uh. <laughs> oh, you guys really know your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I came in with my ex like Selena to flex. I bumpin' Justin Bieber, the fever ain't left. I, she know what she need, Anita, she blessed. I, giving you my best. I, yeah, I got my heart on my sleeve with a knife in my back. What's with that? I, 21, I love him. That's my brother, that's my slat. I, Metro made the beat, so you know that it's gon' slap. I, yeah, it's gon' slap. I, tell him run it back. I, Talking to a diva. Yeah. She on my nerves. She think that I need her. Kick her to the curb. You, you guys are great interviewers, you know? <laughs> Got these pearls on my neck. Got these girls on my check, like Selena, baby, Emma, cheat. Oh, maybe. I stick in the Lambo for a drive. It's an Aventador. Now she went out the store. I got my heart on my sleeve with the city on my back. Can't go back. Said she from Toronto, but can't find it on a map. I, that told me I put her in the past. Talking to a diva. Yeah, she on my nerves. She think that I need her. Kick her to the curb. All I know is you could have had the world. Had the world. You guys are great interviewers, you know? (laughs) Until you restock and until you close this building, shut it down. Dildos are not uh, essential items. Books... For kids, yes, but dildos? No. I came in with my ex like Selena to flex. I bumpin' Justin Bieber, the fever ain't left. I, she know what she need, Anita, she blessed. I, giving you my best. I, yeah, I got my heart on my sleeve with a knife in my back. What's with that? I, 21, I love him. That's my brother, that's my slat. I, Metro made the beat, so you know that it's gon' slap. I, yeah, it's gon' slap. Hey, tell him run it back. Hey, 